Hey yo, what's going on ATL gang? It's your boy Tuan here, of course, back at it again. Just finished the pod with Nav and, you know, so excited for you guys to listen to this one. Uh, a special one for us as it celebrates the two-year anniversary of our very first podcast back in 2020, but also celebrates number 50, episode number 50 for us. Can you guys believe that? Um, it's a nice little milestone that we wanted to celebrate with you guys. And on this podcast, we talked about some of the trending teams that are playing really well down the home stretch. Um, and we talk about the, the 50 point outbursts from a lot of these young players, a lot of guys, you know, the, the talent in the league has never gone, has never been better. So we talk about, you know, just a recent scoring outburst that we've seen from Carl Anthony Towns, from Kyrie from some of the younger stars. So tune in, celebrate with us, and let's get it, baby. Welcome to a very special episode of the ACL Podcast. I'm excited to announce that today marks the two-year anniversary of our, very, of our very first podcast back in March of 2020. And this morning, we celebrate episode number 50 so definitely a nice little milestone and a great way to start the weekend. So let's bring in my co-host, my homie, Nav. What's happening, brother? Tuan, what is going on, my man? Episode 50. Man, it's yes, like, it feels like yesterday you and I were talking about the possibility of doing a podcast. And um, I remember we were like, all right, well, let's just pilot an episode. And we were talking about Vince Carter and the Raptors and it ended up being a three-hour conversation about it and we were like all right I think we can do this yeah I, I still remember that I remember it was uh on my flight back home from Portland and uh just messaging each other saying hey let's just do something because COVID you know we're not sure how long this is gonna gonna be how long we're gonna be stuck in quarantine for so it's uh it's crazy man what are, what are your thoughts on on the first 50 you know, what, what, how, do, how do you feel the first two years have gone? And um, yeah, I just wanted to, wanted to know what you're, what you're thinking right now. I mean, it's been fun. It's been an interesting two years for basketball in general. Like the fact that um, we've been able to put out 50 episodes with a very up and down NBA season since 2019. Like imagine we were recording our podcast during the Raptors run championship run. Like that would have been fucking awesome. <laughs> but um I mean, we put up through a lot. I mean, we weren't even talking about NBA basketball. Our first like 15 episodes, we were talking about the last dance and shit. So, true. yeah, I mean, we've, hey, we've gone through a lot, Tuan. We've gone through a lot. Um, but no, it's been good. We've, we've had some awesome guests on our podcast. You know, I think that took us out of our comfort zone, bringing in people like, um, like Jesse Schwartz, Murphy Bernatowski. Um, you know, bringing in our boy Dayon and just having other people add another layer to to our episodes. I think it's been good, and I look forward to uh, to growing this thing even further. Yes, there the next fifty, baby, just the big one hundred. That'd be that'd be a a great day to see. But um, let's yeah, man, cheers. let's cheers over Zoom with our coffees. It's yeah, a little coffee here. Cheers, us. bro. Yeah, congrats. Cool. It's it was a it was a great fifty, and uh, yeah, let's let's keep this going. Absolutely. Um, all right, so you know the the big current basketball event right now is the the March Madness, and I know both 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 you and I definitely don't follow the NCAA and you know the college 
um, basketball too much. So, you know, obviously I'm sure you made a bracket. Do you have uh, your pick for this year's um, champion? And, you know, give me a reason why you, you have them as uh, the winner out of the Elite Four. Okay, so I have a confession. Um, I don't have a bracket. And, you know, college basketball, you know, once in a while I'll do a bracket if, like, you know, our friends get get one going and we put a little money on it or if I was doing one with my staff at work. But uh, this year just didn't happen for whatever reason. And, you know, I'm not mad about it. I do like watching NCAA basketball, okay, from time to time. I think some of my fondest memories eventually NCAA basketball was 2008 watching Davidson. You know, I didn't know anything about Steph Curry. I didn't know anything about Davidson, but once in a while you get that team that sort of breaks out. And I'm all about jumping on those bandwagons, you know, Davidson, the butlers with Gordon Hayward and Ronald Norad, um, Murray state, Wichita state, you know, there's been, I still remember the Carmelo Anthony and Dwayne Wade Marquette and Syracuse years. Um, so I definitely enjoy it when there's something to sort of uh, gather around. But, uh, you know, I do have interest in seeing Chet Holmgren play. And from yeah. what, I've, what I've listened to, um, he's about to start playing some better competition, some more NBA prospect ready competition. And given his frame, there's a lot of like question marks. So I think I'm going to start tuning in a little closer. How about you? Yeah, so for work, we had uh, just, uh, we were asked to make a bracket and uh, I have UCLA coming out uh, of the tournament just because of what they did last year. They were kind of the the uh, surprise team that made it to the Elite Four or the, the Final Four, sorry. And they, they got this kid, Johnny Juzang. I think he's a, he's a third or fourth year player and he's like half Viet and he played, he was, he was their best player last year. And he's like a second round, maybe prospect this year. Um, and yeah, of course I'm, I'm in LA now. So I try to support uh, the local team here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the NCAA is a great, or the tournament is a great way for us to, uh, to really watch this year's draft class. Like you said, Chet Holmgren uh, from Gonzaga, uh, Jabari Smith from Auburn, and then even Paolo Benchero, who's, who's a kid from, uh, from Duke. So those three guys, both all three teams made it uh, past the the first round. So it's definitely going to be interesting to watch some of the 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 top tier prospects and and how they start performing. Because really, in in college, your top your top player, your top two players really don't make that big of an impact. It's usually a you know a very team oriented game, and usually that's why you see all these you know lower ranks these um, teams outside of the top 10 seeds really make it far because again, it's one and done and, um, like a Chet Holmgren can't, you know, carry his team all the way to the final four. He has to have other guys on his team perform well. So it's going to be interesting to see for sure. Uh, but yeah, UCLA is my pick and, uh, hopefully, hopefully they get far. I know USC just got, I think they lost in the first round. So, uh, the, the LA teams are, are half to half done there, but yeah, UCLA is my pick for, for the season. Yeah, I think, you know, there's three main things that that sort of stick out for me why I don't particularly follow um, college basketball as closely. And I think the first is just the landscape and how, like, the pipelines have changed now to observe talent and and get to the NBA. Like, there's uh, there's the G League, there's the Ignite League, there's 
there's uh, social media and you don't necessarily have to be like eyes on this on the tv screen in order to watch these guys play anymore you can kind of just like skim the Coles notes until they get to the draft which i just prefer to do um i think the other thing is just how coach coach centric it is it's very coach centric and you know case in point yesterday's game against kentucky um it was the Calipari show until they lost. And then like in his press press conference, he's just talking about like how his guys couldn't beat the zone. It's like, all right, well, which one is it? Is it, is it the coach or is it the players? And I think what he could have done better in this type of situation, when you look at Kentucky, they're all over social media, Drake tweets about them. Um, What about the preparation piece and like getting your guys, it's hard to get your guys to mature in the course of a year because a lot of these guys are one and dones, but there was, the body language for Kentucky was definitely telling. And, um, you know, they thought they had it in the bag without actually playing the game. Yeah, no, so St. Peter's, St. Peter's Peacocks, I think that's their their mascot. Um, the 15th seed, uh, definitely upsetting Kentucky there. Um, we'll see how far they go, but yeah, I agree with you there. Um, Calipari's never had really great success um, as a NCAA, like a Mad Machness turn, uh, tournament coach. He's definitely great at recruiting, definitely great at preparing his players for the uh, for the NBA, but he hasn't had that success at that level kind of compared to um, the other high-level coaches that you, just, you usually see like in Coach K uh, and, and those guys. Uh, but yeah, man, enough about this March Madness. I know you got a big weekend coming up. I know you got a big day tomorrow. So just quickly wanted to, you know, what talk about your, your weekend plans, what you got going on. I know your birthday's in in two days. I believe March 21st, is it? March 21st, man. Yeah, baby. Yeah, what are you, what are you saying tomorrow? Uh, not much, man. We're just getting together with the boys, you know, real friends. A lot of guys flying from their hometowns <laughs> to see me. You know, a couple guys from LA. Not you, though. But uh, no, we're just having brunch at around noon. Then we're going to play some virtual golf. Um, you know, 10 to 12 guys going to set up a little scramble tournament. Yeah. It'll be yeah. fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, I'm going to miss out on that. I yeah, you are going to miss out on know, that, man. I feel bad, but, you know, how about you come come celebrate your birthday in L.A. next oh, year and uh, I'll make it up, 100%, you know? 100%. You know, even if it's a long weekend, um, I know there's a couple long weekends coming up in the summer. It doesn't have to be like a week or a two-week thing. That can always happen later. But L.A. is the type of city that you can really touch down and just you're not going to see it all, but you can do a long weekend. You can do four nights. You can do three nights. For sure. For sure. Keep that, keep that in the itinerary whenever you uh, want to come through. And uh, I got you, brother. Absolutely. Hey, last thing I want to say about college basketball, let me know if you found this weird too, but like growing up uh, coaches and like teachers, like you wouldn't hear them say anything about March Madness or like college basketball. And then once March Madness comes around, like they're decked out in NCAA or North Carolina gear. It's like, when were you such a fan? First of all, it's not even your alumni. Like, it's not your alma mater. Why are you so obsessed with Duke, Mr. Johnson? Why are you so obsessed with Florida? Like, I always just found oh, that yeah. kind of weird. Yeah, I know. I agree. Uh, when I went to Staley Park, one of my uh, my gym teacher was, or and he was our also our basketball coach. He would always be Duke, or like, yeah, he'd be dressed to the nines and just be wearing Duke gear. I'm like, bro, like, yeah, why, why are you a fan of Duke? Do you like, um, like, J.J. Redick? Do you like these guys that are, coming up in the league like I don't I don't understand but yeah I guess they're just yeah I don't know just I like are you obsessed with these college players yeah I, would, I, I wouldn't do that myself <laughs> but yeah I, I guess so you do online so. courses at Duke 
<laughs> no, 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 I feel you. I, 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 that's hilarious that you bring that up, though. Um, all right, man. Let's uh, let let's get into the uh, the nitty gritty and uh, let's let's discuss some of uh, the teams that are performing well down the home stretch. I think we have 10, 15 games left within the regular season. Um, a lot of teams are jockeying for position within the the, the playoff seating. Uh, teams are trying to get out of the play in tournaments. Um, you know, players are just trying to get more wins for their team so they can have, you know, a case for MVP. So we'll, we'll discuss a lot of that. But again, as we as we uh, head down the, the home stretch of the regular season, um, I just want to talk about some teams that are playing really well, you know, bring it all together and, you know, playing their best basketball probably at the perfect time. So um, to start off, uh, let's go with the, the Raptors. Our, our team here and you know luckily for me I was able to watch um their last two games I would say not 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 the last not one not the one yesterday when they were playing in Toronto but I was lucky enough to um be at the crypto arena when the Raptors played the Lakers and the Clippers and for the Raptors you know they're coming off a five game west coast winning streak um before they lost yesterday where they beat the Spurs the Suns, uh, the Nuggets, and both LA teams. And they're doing a really good job of closing the gap for that number six seed with the Cavs, who are struggling a little bit because they've lost Jared Allen, they've lost Rondo, they lost Rubio, they're, they, you know, they, they've lost Sexton. So they're a little hurt right now. And yeah, the Raptors are really picking it up right now after a slow start off, off the All-Star break. And they're being led by a rookie, a, 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 I don't know what to say. Any, I don't know what to say about this guy, but he is playing at such a high level uh, and he's closing the gap uh, on the rookie of the year race with, with Mobley, who was a clear favorite uh, for three quarters of the season. So yeah, man, let me know what your, what your thoughts are on the Raptors right now. They are 39 and 31, um, seventh in the East. And they're yeah definitely playing the best basketball of the season. And uh, yeah, just what, what are your observations on the Raptors uh, in the last, I would say, two, three weeks or even um, since the All-Star break? Honestly, man, I feel like a proud father. I, I When I watch them, I want to cry. Like, I can't believe how hard these guys play. Like, winners, winners of eight of their last 11, I feel like, in the last like 20 or so games, all their games have been on the road. They've barely been at home and they are just pumping out wing, pumping out wins. And I think what makes this team super special is given the amount of talent that they've lost in the last two years, um, they're making this thing happen with a very young, inexperienced team. And I think three things that come to mind for me are balance scoring being the first on, every, on any given night, it's a new person. Like the last seven games, it's been Barnes, Trent, Siakam, 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 Trent, Van Fleet, Siakam, Trent. You know, like it's a new it's a new guy stepping up and honestly dropping 25 to 30 points a, in these games. Um, I think the second thing that stands out to me is the tight rotations. So I don't know if you know this, but of the starting five, three of our players are averaging the most minutes per game in the NBA. 
35 plus minutes per game. And I believe it's Fred Van Fleet's leading the NBA in minutes right now. And then it's followed by Siakam and OG. And the scary thing about this is we actually have depth, but Nick Nurse is, is channeling his inner Thibodeau right now and just like making these guys, uh, he's throwing the kitchen sink. And it's awesome because it's not going to be like this every year, but it's the brand that we have to play this year. And I think that what's really cool about this specific team is we have a brand and you don't see that in Philly right now because they got a new roster. You don't see that in Brooklyn because they don't have continuity with their roster. So to be coming at teams full steam this late in the season with this type of con continuity, um, it's fantastic. And then the third point I have is that they just play with ridiculous effort on both ends of the floor. Yeah, to, to your point there, um, the, the, the big discussion around the league is with the Raptors as they, they play only six, seven deep uh, most nights. And we see Freddie, he missed the last few games. Just, you know, he's been a game time decision the last few games. And he's, he's missed, you know, the first few games of uh, after the All-Star break, sorry. And OG's been hurt. So do you think that's the, the, the you know, the result of them playing so so, so much heavy minutes, depending on, you know, their starters so much. Um, do you think they're going to break down closer to the playoffs or during the playoffs because of how many minutes, minutes Nick Nurse is putting on these guys and not relying on, on, on their depth? And you said, you, you say their depth is okay. I, honestly, I don't think their depth is great. Um, I, I know that they're, they're, they're weak at the center spot. But who can you re really rely on from like a guard position? You can't really re rely on Malachi Flynn, Delano Banton, uh, Svi. Um, it, it's tough when you, yeah, when you're so heavily dependent on your starters. But I totally understand the the reasoning behind it. And you said they're they're playing with guys who have won a championship, who have played together, and you know it's it's a balanced roster. It's not like a top heavy one or two guys that uh, are, you know, scoring the, the, the load for the, for the team. So do you think the team will, you know, be fatigued down the stretch? Do you think they're going to kind of just fall apart as they get more, you know, more tired and just so, so many more heavy minutes having all these guys uh, being at the top of the minutes played uh, leaderboard there? Um, they remind me of the Romans in 300, to be honest. Um, and I think that I don't think they're going to come if they're the six seed, they're not going to win a series, but they're going to be like the last team you want to play if you're their opponent. And to your point about the depth, like I think there's just been a lot of reassuring signs for Nick Nurse this year, uh, moving Barnes to point guard. I don't think they, there is the position of point guard when Van Fleet's not on the floor. They don't have that other point guard. It's, it's a playmaker and a guy that can initiate the offense. And that can be a handful of people, fortunately for them. I think Thad Young at the trade deadline was a big piece. Um, just sort of, just to give them that extra layer of depth. So between, you know, if you're going to make your bench, say three or four guys come playoff time, I feel pretty comfortable from an effort perspective with Banton, Boucher, Thad Young. And does Precious Achua start? He does. Uh, he, he, he starts here and there. They, they've been, they started Ken Birch yesterday. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not ideal, but again, playing this brand of basketball where everyone's a Swiss army knife, I think that um, 
they will achieve their goal of like winning two or three games in the first round of the playoffs. Will they surprise us in advance? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either, but it will be a very tough matchup if they if they have to go up against the the Bucks, the Heat, the 76ers. Um, that's that's a six, seven game series. And none of those, like you said, none of those teams want to see the Raptors because they know how to win. They know how to win in the playoffs. And they probably they, they they have arguably the best coach in the league. Nick Nurse has again done an excellent job of playing the players that he's going to rely on, play the players, you know, ha- having Scotty Barnes even be the point guard when Freddie's been out. And let's let's talk a little bit about Scotty Barnes, a, a kid who Man, when we were uh, sitting together at the uh, in Toronto when he was drafted, and a lot of kind of you know mixed mixed emotions, mixed reactions from 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 the the crowd, where you know a lot of teams and a lot of players and a lot of people were thinking that Jalen Suggs was going to be the Raptors' pick. You know, he's going to come in and replace Lowry and kind of. Uh, be the, the the future point guard for the team alongside Freddie, and they go a bit off the board and pick Scotty Barnes, a a raw kid who didn't. He, I think he came off the bench um, for Florida uh, Florida State, and yeah, he was definitely a surprise pick at number four. And he has the, you know the ability to absolutely win Rookie of the Year and possibly steal it from Mobley. So. Just give me your thoughts on what you've seen from Scotty Barnes from, you know, initiating the offense, playing point guard to even guarding centers at times, just playing this versatile game that we were, we're luckily able to see, especially from, from a kid that's 20 years old and just playing at such a high level. Yeah, I think the more you watch him, the more you realize um, that he's a one of one in, in terms of what he can do on offense and on defense, because he can really do everything. And right now, you know, everyone comes into the league with a comparison and going into this particular season, you heard a lot of Draymond green mm-hmm. and you heard, I, there was just a, you know, a handful of players that people were trying to latch him onto in order to make sense of it. But the more you watch him, you can't really make sense of it. You just have to keep watching until he grows into his own thing. He's definitely runner up. I mean, he's definitely right now, I think, in the lead for rookie of the year with Mobley being injured. But you got to remember that, you know, from the jump, Mobley was playing fantastic. I think Scotty Barnes had to really, you know, get comfortable for that first half of the season. And due to this particular injury with Mobley, I think it puts Scotty Barnes right at the top. I think that if Mobley was healthy and still playing with the Cavaliers, he would still be that guy that the narrative is sort of like leaning towards. but you know, injuries happen in basketball. And I think this is like the perfect time for Scotty Barnes to showcase what he can do with Mobley being out. And that's what's happening right now. And it's, it's awesome to see. Yeah. So I was, well, I I saw him in his very first game when Jackie, my little brother and I went to watch him play um, the wizards and he, he wasn't very, you know, noticeable obviously his very first game. So a little shaky there, but um, when he played against the, the Lakers and Clippers when I was able to watch. Um, I can tell you in, in person, he plays at such an amazing pace for a young player. He gets to his spots. He's finding matchups. He's finding mismatches because they, they, 
both both uh, Laker or uh, LA teams switched a lot. So he had a lot of like smaller guards on him. He had like Austin Reeves on him or he had like a Reggie Jackson on him. And he would just slowly take them into the post, do his little hook shot or do his like um, post up. And he was playing at such an amazing pace, um, especially for a 20-year-old. So that was the one thing that stood out to me. But then the other thing was, you know, he would be scarded, he would be guarding Zubac, uh, Zubac in, in one, one possession and then be guarding Reggie Jackson on the next one. So again, his versatility, the, his, uh, just the way that he's playing defense, not only in the perimeter, but in the post and just being a, a, a massive, massive uh, presence in the paint. Uh, like yesterday against the Lakers uh, in Toronto, he had 31, 17 and six which is wild, which is wild because he was guarding LeBron. He was guarding Dwight Howard. Um, he was guarding all these guys. So his game is kind of everywhere. He's doing everything very well, uh, especially for a rookie. So it's going to be interesting to see how he continues to play down the stretch, especially with Siakam playing at a very high level, especially, you know, with Freddie starting to kind of uh, finding his group a little bit after being hurt for, for a few games there. And then hopefully with OG, integrated back into the lineup um they have that you know starting five with gary trent who's been a little inconsistent as of late uh but a guy that can drop 40 at you know any point in time so uh i think they'll, they'll be a scary team down the stretch and definitely no one wants to see them uh as a first round matchup yeah um, you know one one thing i want to say that's surprising me the most is barnes ability to score like he's now dropping like you'll see him on the stat line and he's the stat sheet and he's got 20 plus points 25 plus points sometimes even 30 and then there's double digit rebounds so like his progression this season has been a hockey stick and that's what you want you know that's what you want out of a rookie and I feel so bad for certain rookies that enter the league because so much of your experience as a rookie is who drafts you and the organization you go to and what their development team is like um, you look like a guy, look at guys like Moody and Kaminga. They're in a, they're in a beautiful spot right now. You know, Scotty Barnes, the experience that he's getting is invaluable. I would rather be in his position in Moody's position, Kaminga's position, Mobley's position where you are in a, you know, you are in a playoff hunt rather than like get all these minutes as a Cunningham, you know, or all these junk minutes as a Jalen green, like, you know, this is, they're in enrichment right now. You know, these guys are just like in the best possible position and it's, it's so good for their futures. Yeah. What, what, what if Scotty Barnes was drafted by the magic? No, man. You it, know? It yeah. No, exactly. Terrible. He would be terrible because yeah, he wouldn't have a role. He would be playing and competing against guys that are high lottery picks trying to, you know, find their way in the league and it's, they're not winning basketball. They're, you know, uh, yeah, that, that would be a totally different story. And again, that'd be a whole podcast on its own, but yeah, let's just celebrate Scotty Barnes as, as he continues to play well. And, you know, hopefully he wins rookie of the year. One thing I want to LOL about though, is, uh, March madness, like the NBA wanted to stay away from any games during March madness. So they threw out, you know, Detroit versus magic. <laughs> they dropped 51 points. <laughs> Poor guy, man. No one was watching. Yeah. Nobody was watching there. Um, Okay, another team uh, in, in the East that has been playing out of their minds um, as of late, and another team that's trending upwards is the Boston Celtics. All right, so the Celtics right now have the number one defense 
in the entire NBA. Um, they they're, they're a middle of pack offensive team, surprisingly, especially with you know Tatum, Brown, um, even you know they they have Al Horford in there. They have Marcus Smart. They picked up Derek White, who I think has been such a great ad for them. Uh, they did give up a lot in that trade with the Spurs, but I think they got a guy that's going to give them a lot of length on the defensive end. And a guy, again, he's he's considered a point guard, so he can facilitate and really bring the ball up. And I think um, Adoka, the, their new head coach, is kind of finding his groove. You know, a guy that's a part of the Spurs coaching tree. And um, they're 18-7 and seven in the last 25 games, currently fourth in the East, and uh, with a record of 43-28. and 28. So, you know, just, just kind of what your thoughts on, on the Celtics. I know we, you know, we're, we're both um, avid listeners of the Bill Simmons podcast. So we talked a lot about, a lot about them. So I get a lot of the, the insights and, you know, whatnot from, from that podcast. But, you know, I've been also watching a lot of their games as of late, just because of how they're streaking um, heading into the playoffs. So, you know, just the general thoughts on the Celtics, kind of what your expectations are as a, Head, head down into the uh, home stretch of the of the last 10 games here. Yeah, so as of yesterday, they were number five in offense and surprisingly number one in defense. They are, they're an undersized team, I'd say, and they are throwing the kitchen sink at teams every night. Um, they are very hard to score against. So I think that's the most shocking thing to me is just how hard they play on defense. Um, you know, you got to remember that the Celtics are coming off of, a pretty catastrophic coaching change. You know, Yudoka and Stevens are both like ideal, ideological coaches. You know, they're program coaches, like same like Nick Nurse. Like these guys are all about like the long haul and the process and implementing like a culture for your team. And I think that those kinds of things take time. And fortunately for Yudoka, um, you know, we're starting to see his coaching imprint on this team. And I think that in the locker room, these guys had a lot of things that they had to address, especially the tug of war between Tatum and Brown and who's the number one and who's the number two. And I think that what they're rolling with right now is that obviously Tatum's the number one, Brown's the number two, and it's working. Um, the other thing is Marcus Smart. You know, he's now playing point guard, like a true point guard. And that's one of the things that I heard on the Bill Simmons podcast that they're most um, you know, shocked about because uh, they didn't really have anyone to spearhead that offense and spearhead that team, especially from like a maturity standpoint on and off the court. And it sounds like Marcus Smart is sort of put on his big boy pants and uh, is doing a good job, you know, leading that team on the court. So, yeah, I mean, they're trending in the right direction for sure. And, and another point I want to make is that um, Robert Williams has been playing extremely well on the defensive end. I know one of the, um, I guess the, the critique on his game was that he wasn't a great center on the perimeter. Of course, he's a guy that's so super athletic, you know, is going to make that, you know, um, big play block. Sometimes, you know, that, energ that energizes the crowd, but he's a guy that's going to um, get exposed when you put him in the pick and roll, um, especially in drop coverages. He's going to not be able to, you know, de defend um, the shot up top. So he's been playing really well. Again, he's that rim runner that they need. Um, I I'm just not sure, again, like you said, Marcus Smart is leading that offense, but I'm not sure how, you know, they don't have that much playmaking is my only thing with them. 
you know, again, Marcus Smart, we've seen him kind of play pretty bad basketball at times, taking a lot of shots that he probably shouldn't be taking. So it'd be interesting to see how Derek White is integrated into that whole offense. Again, he just got picked up um, at the at the trade deadline. So he's, you know, still only probably nine, 10 games in with the team. Uh, but I think that pickup is crucial for them, uh, especially going down the stretch here. And they are now a fourth seed. I know they were a team that was just middling around as a 500 team, kind of with the Raptors uh, there, but they've definitely picked it up. Probably the hottest team in the league, I would say, al along with the, the next team I want to quickly discuss. But um, one more thing, you know, uh, as a, you know, as two Canadians here, uh, I, I want to quickly shout out Nick Stauskas. You know, he signed with them, I think, for the rest of the season. Uh, and a guy that, you know, was a high lottery draft pick out of Michigan, and he kind of bounced around the league, was out of the league for the last few years, started doing like commentary for TSN and whatnot. So super happy to see him kind of settle back in the league. Uh, you know, a Mississauga kid who is, is super athletic, great shooter, um, but, you know, being drafted by the Kings uh, wasn't in the great situation to start off his career. Uh, so nice to see him back in the NBA. And I don't think he'll be a big uh, proponent of the Celtics playoff run, but just want to, you know, obviously give him a shout out because he uh, it's, it's always nice to see more Canadians in the NBA you know, having steady careers and kind of make an impact there. But um, yeah, go, go Nick, as uh, the, the Kings owner would say. But um, all right, so uh, let's quickly transition to our last team that I want to discuss here uh, out of the Western Conference, uh, the Dallas Mavericks. And, you know, I'll, I'll eat some crow on this because, you know, when when the Spencer Dinwiddie trade went down and, you know, they traded Chris Stapps for Dinwiddie and Bertans. Um, I, I, I was just dumbfounded about by that move because it didn't make sense from a talent standpoint. It didn't make sense from a financial standpoint, but the Dallas Mavericks are eight and one since acquiring Spencer Dinwiddie. He's had, I think two game winners, um, in, in that stretch with the new team, uh, especially the, the big one against the Nets where he hit that big three. Um, and he's provided the Mavericks with another, just a dynamic ball handler who can create his own shot. So that kind of relieves a lot of the pressure from um, Luca there. And, you know, generally just Jalen Brunson has been playing really well. He's having a breakout season now. And Jason Kidd's definitely gone buy-in from, from the team defensively. They are the sixth best defensive team in the league right now. Um, Again, offensively, they're just right in the middle of the pack there. They're, they're 18th with an offensive rating of 111.4 there. And they were a team two seasons ago that had the best offensive rating of all time. Um, number one, two seasons ago when they um, had played the Clippers in the playoffs. So, you know, they still have one of the young, the youngest, one of the best players in the league in, in Luka. But... Yeah, just give me your thoughts on the Dallas Mavericks, who are, I believe they are 17 and 8 in the last 25, currently sitting fifth in the West with a 43 and 27 record. Yeah, I think they're the hottest team in the NBA since the new year. And I mean, you don't have to apologize for your take on that trade when it happened because it dumbfounded everyone, um, including myself. And 
it didn't make sense financially. It didn't make sense, um, you know, from a matching up talent perspective, considering the season that Dinwiddie was having in Washington. Um, so obviously both organizations had done their intel and figured that a change of scenery was best for Dinwiddie. A change of scenery, scenery, uh, scenery was best for Porzingis because, I mean, Chris Tapps has had some nice games in Washington too, but I don't want to talk about that at all. Um, you got to remember that the Porzingis, uh, Doncic experience, you know, that was Carlisle's mess to figure out. And I think what uh, Kid needed to sort of implement his coaching brand was, uh, was sort of a, a change, a change of scenery. And I think that's, that's bode well for, for uh, Dinwiddie. Um, yeah, I mean, they look good out there. That game versus Brooklyn was iconic. Uh, seeing Dinwiddie hit uh, the game winner against a team that gave him up for pretty much nothing and then like go into the crowd and start high-fiving Mark Cuban. Uh, that was pretty cool to see for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, stylistically, this works. I think my concern with Luca with Porzingis was the amount of uh, minutes he had controlling the basketball. It was almost like a James Harden type of feel. And I was like, all right, well, this is not going to work in the playoffs uh, because he's going to be so exhausted. And now with other guys that can handle the ball, I think the Mavericks just have a bunch of different looks that they can throw on teams. And yeah, I mean, I think they're tied with Utah right now for fourth place. So another team that I don't want to see in the playoffs, especially if I'm like Golden State and you lose your next handful of games because Curry's injured. Next thing you know, you got to play them in the first round of the playoffs. No, thanks. Yeah, they're they're um, definitely a nice little regular season uh, success story. I don't know how they're gonna do in the playoffs. I just don't think their their bigs are are strong enough. Uh, so I'm I'm looking here. They have Dwight Powell. Uh, they got Max Kleba, who I, I think you know they're they're decent, but uh, they they got Boban, which I don't. Uh, he's not gonna be be playing enough minutes to to be effective out there. So, you know, they're, they're definitely guard they're loaded in the guard position here. Uh, but Tim being with having Tim Hardaway being, being hurt. I'm not, I'm not sure if he's, uh, declared out for the entire season or if he can make a, um, comeback in the playoffs, but yeah, I don't think they're gonna, you know, it's gonna be hard for them to win a first round, uh, playoff, uh, round here. It's just gonna be too tough, but again, they have Luca, they have one of the, you know, the, the best players in the league. So he, he can do anything, especially when we saw him against the Clippers, against Kawhi, against PG, and taking them to six six games there. Um, but another, another player I want to just shout out before we move on is Dorian Finney-Smith. Like, this guy is an absolute beast on defense, which mm -hmm. I did not see coming. Um, could definitely be you, – you can make a case for all defensive team for this guy. Um, he's doing a lot of the brunt work for Dallas this year. Yes, yes, for sure. Yes, he is. No, no doubt about it, especially um, guarding the, the other team's best player uh, to kind of take that load off of Luca. And yeah, no, he's definitely one of those guys that, you know, the three and D type player who um, is able to make the shots when you need him to just plays great team basketball. So um, he's always got a guy I, I really liked and, you know, appreciate his, his his effort on not only defensive end, but also be able to make plays. Um, and hustle plays on, on the offensive end there. Um, all right, so three teams that are trending upwards, three teams that, you know, these, these top seeds definitely don't want to 
um, be matched up within the first or second round of the, the playoffs. Um, so yeah, just watch out for the Raptors, Celtics and Mavericks and see how they, you know, finish off the last 10 games of the season. And yeah, it's going to be, man, the playoffs are going to be such, uh, especially the first round this year. I think there's, there's definitely more parity in the league, um, more than ever, I would say, you know, when you look at the top six teams from each conference, it's really, a uh, coin toss on who, who's going to come out of, uh, of the, the division out of the conference. Um, so I think it's all about mismatch or uh, mismatches and matchups and who's playing who um, and who gets an advantage there. So like, if you think about it, the fact that Brooklyn's going to be in the playing tournament, like, are you kidding me? Like the amount oh, of fuck. the amount of talent in the East right now is crazy. Uh, like as it stands, like Philly would be playing Cleveland, Boston would be playing Chicago. Like I'd watch every single game of both those series. Um, and then you got Brooklyn in the playing tournament with the Hawks and Charlotte. I do not want to see Trey Young in a playoff. In <laughs> no, a play hell no. This guy can go off for 50. I don't want to see LaMelo Ball in a playing tournament. Probably the least team I'm scared of, but I mean, Brooklyn has their work cut out for them for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, the, the Raptors with, with the play in like structure, the, they would have to play the Nets. If they lose to the Nets, they would have to play the winner of the Hawks and Hornets. Yes. So most likely the Hawks, and definitely you don't want to play the Hawks and with your with your season on the line. So, yeah, it's it's gonna be a bloodbath in, in the East, even in the West. You know, obviously the, the Clippers, Timberwolves, uh, having the seventh and eighth seed there. The Timberwolves again, another team we could have brought up um, as a trending team because yes, they're. Tom, that's the one thing I was gonna say. I was gonna say we we need to have a Timberwolves conversation in one of our next podcasts because they are certified. Yes. Yes. I agree. No, they, they are bringing it together. They, um, that, that, that team is, you know, they've come, they've arrived and it's, it's nice to see because that team has been struggling for so many years. Cat has, you know, been kind of labeled as a losing player, even though he's, he always has these huge stats, right? So, um, yeah, we'll definitely bring them up as a, as, a, as a team to talk about in the next podcast. I know we got a few minutes left here. Uh, don't want to take too much more of our time, but let's talk about one thing, a trend that I've been seeing in the NBA um, in the last even month. Um, so like you said, when uh, Detroit and Orlando had a little matchup, the only game on, on Thursday, Sadiq Bey dropped. Uh, his first 50 piece in the NBA as a second year player. This is also the eighth time a player has scored 50 plus in the month of March. So we're only nine, we're only two thirds of the way through the month. And we saw LeBron James have two 50 point uh, scoring outbursts. We saw Cat with a 60 point fucking drop on Orlando. Um, Kyrie. Dropping, dropping on Orlando. Oh no, sorry. Cat, uh, who was Cat playing against? The Spurs. He was playing against the Spurs, and then Kyrie had a sixty piece against um, Orlando too. So and a fifty before that. Yeah, fifty before that. So this is the seventeenth time all season that there's been a fifty piece, and eighth this month. So I don't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, like, what are your what are your thoughts? What 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 do you think are the reasons that guys like Sadiq Bay, a second round pick? Uh, sophomore was able to drop 50 in an NBA game, regardless of the opponent. I know the magic suck or yeah, the magic suck can't play defense, but 
how are you allowing, you know, Kyrie go for 60 and the next day or next day and you let Sadiq Bey drop 50? Is it matchups? Is it just the, the talent in the NBA has gotten so much better that it's, it's tough for defenses to really, um, you know, stop these guys? What, what are your thoughts on just, yeah, the, the, the recent outbursts of, of scoring and just kind of all these players are pl just playing so efficiently, effectively uh, on the offensive end? Yeah, I mean, it's funny how Kyrie's narrative has changed in the month of March. He went from like being exiled, uh, being heavily criticized for his decision for vaccination. And like I tripped to myself, you know, leaving his team out to dry. And now, like if you're reading the Twitterverse and, you know, t listening to some of these talking heads, they're now like admiring him. And, you know, I, I don't... I don't feel one way or the other anymore. All I'm going to say is when Kyrie plays basketball, it's like fine art. You know, you don't see it much, but when you do, it's like the most beautiful thing. Like this guy is probably one of the best point guards in the NBA of all time. And he would probably be considered that way more if he played more basketball, but for whatever reason, he doesn't. Um, so whatever. But all I will say is watching that guy play is it's, it's unlike no other, you know, he does it all. And the other thing I want to say is I just think, I think the NBA is just so talented. You know, I remember back in the day growing up watching basketball, the Vince Carter, Kobe Bryant eras, like averaging 25 points a game was crazy. You know, Allen Iverson averaged 31 year. It was, it was crazy. And you would look at the list of um, leading scorers back in like 2001 to 2005. And I wish I had in front of me, but I remember used to see like 20 points per game, 19 points per game. And uh, like now I just think, I just think the NBA is just so skilled and talented and uh, seeing guys do this night in night out. We're just going to see it more often. Yeah, no, for sure. We're seeing Gary Trent drop 40. He had, I think he had like three or four games of 40 in the last like month or two. So I, I think that, you know, guys like that are who are streaky as hell. Um, guys that just shoot the ball at such a high level. Uh, even see Freddie drop like, what, 54 last season against the Magic as well. So I don't know. The Magic are just, they need to, they need to figure out what's going on in, in Orlando there. But um, yeah, like Siakam has, has 40, 40 a few times. And um, yeah, man, the league is so talented. You know, these, these guys are... Also, do you think it's a it's a rule like the it's just the rules within the game now? You know, I yeah, I, I definitely think it's it's rules, it's three pointers, it's definitely the landscape. But I mean, to drop fifty points regardless is just insane. To drop sixty points is regardless. You know, it's just yeah. it's it's crazy. It, no, it, it, it's wild. It it says something about you know the parity and how the league's changing. Like you know, I think there's so many teams this year that are like. Hey guys, like, look at us, you know, we want to be known like the Timberwolves this year, uh, the Grizzlies, the Cavaliers, like there's just, they're so, even the Pelicans without Zion, like they got a little thing going right now. And they're like, fuck you guys. Like watch Like, look at us. We're here. We want to be here. And it, it's, it's awesome. I just think uh, it's just trending in the right direction. No, for sure. For sure. Um, all right. I know we wanted to talk about MVP, but let's keep that for the next pod. Um, Again, we we uh, we are on episode fifty, so you know, a nice little pat on the back, a nice little milestone. So 
you know, I appreciate you, brother. I know you got, you know, your full day's work ahead of you. So let's let's cut it short here. But number 50, it was fun. The first 50 was fun. Let's let's make the next 50 better. And uh, yeah, man, have a great weekend. Enjoy your birthday weekend. Enjoy the time with the the boys. Wish I could be there. Um, but I'll, I'll make it up to you when you come down here. All right. All right, man. Thanks for waking up this morning, doing I'll this pod it. nice and early on West Coast time. Uh, enjoy your day. Here's to here's to 54 or 50 more, my man. Yeah, for sure.